On the Game Time Guru podcast, my goal is to deliver a panoramic view on sports. I do so by interviewing individuals across the globe that have some sort of tie to the sports world. Today is a first for us on the show as I speak with a stop motion animator who recreates sporting events with Legos. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boo! If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you today for yet another amazing episode with another amazing guest. Now, before we get started, you guys got to check out 208 Printing. Massive shout out to my sponsors. If you guys want some merch taken care of for you, you got hats, shirts, whatever, anything that needs some printing done, go to madeby208.com. Go check them out. They are the sponsor of the Game Time Guru Podcast. Again, 208 Printing. You can go to madeby208.com and uh, check them out. Guys, I'm super, super excited about bringing on this guest. It's the first time we've ever brought someone on like himself. It's, uh, it, it's, it's amazing what he does. He's artistic, creative, and he's bringing that skill set to the sports world. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But uh, I got to introduce Jared Jacobs, also known as and most commonly known as on social media, Gold Yeller. J- uh, Jared, thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, buddy. Absolutely, man. So Jared happens to be a stop motion animator that's the that's the name of it stop motion animator and uh we're gonna get a little bit more into that what it is but first i gotta tell you guys where i met him which is a super super weird coincidence um we're gonna talk about this for a second i didn't know i had met met you uh this at this event but can you talk about this gary vaynerchuk event and uh what actually happened there because i think that's a little bit more to the story i thought i had just met you through a connection that we had but actually i had uh seen you three years ago almost so you knew you knew who I was before you knew who I was. <laughs> exactly. That's what you're saying. Pretty much, um, man. So you want me to tell the story? Yeah, go ahead and tell the story, man. Okay, so um, so the way that we got introduced was through a buddy of ours, Matt Fru. Shout out to Matt. Um, he brought me. He kind of he sort of snuck me into this event. Um, at, it was a ClickFunnels event, and Gary Vaynerchuk was the keynote speaker. And Matt knew that I was a huge Gary V fan. And so I was, I had talked to him, like, I was like, dude, let me, I'll be his Uber driver. Like, I'll go pick him up at the airport. I'm like, you gotta, I have to meet this guy somehow. Cause I'd followed Gary for, for years. And, um, and then like out of the blue, like a, a day or two later, he's like, dude, I can get you in. And so I was like, no way. And so I go, I'm super like nervous and like totally fangirling over another like grown man. So, I mean, it's not really embarrassing to me because I've, I've come to terms with it. But anyway, um, Gary always does these Q&A things whenever he does a keynote speech. And so I kind of knew this was my time um, to get his attention. And he talks about attention all the time and how, how important it is to have people's attention. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I know that people ask him questions all the time and like how they can grow their business. And, you know, and he always you know, I kind of knew the answers that he was going to give because I'd followed him for so long that I was like, I don't need anything from this guy. Um, So I got up there and I just said, hey, I just wanted to thank you. I'd be remiss if I didn't get up here. Um, You gave me the permission to pursue what I love to do. And now I get to do, I didn't say what I did. I wasn't trying to like 
promote my business. I was just like, I was legit grateful for him. And so I just said, Hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't get up here and say, thank you. Cause I don't know if I'll ever see you again. And then I knew that he was really competitive. And so I said, if you ever want to play bubble hockey, I'll destroy you. Cause this was something that he had in his office and, and I'd seen a lot of his stuff around it. And so I was like, and he, at one point he said, nobody on this earth can beat me at bubble hockey. He's like, I don't care if you're from Edmonton or whatever. And so I was like, I'm going to challenge him to bubble hockey. So I went from like super grateful mode to super competitive mode like that. And then he thought it was funny that like all the crowd laughed. And, and then um, all of a sudden he just kind of flipped a switch too. He's like, I'm sc- I was actually wearing this hat. Quinc- another coincidence. Um, and he's like, I- I'm kind of scared of that hat because he's like, you might be really good at bubble hockey because that team hasn't been in the league for 20 years. So he's like, uh, but he's like, you know what I'm going to do based on what you just said? He's like, I'm going to fly you out to New York and you're going to spend a day at VaynerMedia and we'll play bubble hockey that day and we'll see what's up. And so I was like, after that, I didn't really remember what happened. I kind of just blacked out because I was like, it was like a dream come true. It was like, if, it was like if I was a make-a-wish kid and they just told me I get to go to like Disneyland and meet, uh, and meet Mickey Mouse or whatever. I don't know, right. whatever I was, whoever I was a fan of. Um, so it was, it was pretty, it took like five months for me to actually get there. They kept like bumping me. I don't know if I, maybe I wasn't much of a priority to them. So they just kept like, it kept getting pushed and pushed. And then I went there like the day after the um, Eagles won the Super Bowl. And then um, we didn't play for like eight hours though. Like I just kind of sat waiting for him. I had a buddy of mine fly out to film the whole thing. And so he just kind of stalled us out. And that was the only way that he won. He ended up beating me by a goal. I told him I was going to destroy him, but he used some greasy, like older brother type tactic to stall me out. And he, and now he's scared to give me a rematch. I've asked him a couple of times and uh, he's, he's scared. It's like when you, I don't know if you have a younger brother, but if like your younger brother, like if you beat your older brother at something and then you're like, I'm not playing you anymore. That's what Gary did. Oh, I have a friend of mine who was going to relate to you so well on that because we just discussed that when his younger brother would beat him at something. It's like, okay, we're done playing. Oh, excuse me? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, my little brother would do that to me too. And I would like it so, whenever we'd play basketball or whatever in our backyard. And, he, and when he finally started getting to the point where he could beat me, because I had always dominated him because he's two years younger than me. Once he started beating me, I would get just furious that he wouldn't play me again. I'd be like chucking the ball at his head. Like we'd get in like serious fights over the fact that he wouldn't play me again. So that's Gary's kind of like my little brother. He, oh, I he, love it, man. And he it's, beat it's, me once and now he won't play me again. He's scared. He's, he's worried. He's worried. You, I, you can clip this part and you can, you can set, you could tweet it at Gary and say, Gary, I, I heard that you're scared. Oh, we're going to get some retweets out of this one too, <laughs> for sure. Man, it's, it's so crazy. The reason I, I wanted you to share that story and, and for the audience to hear is because I remember that vividly being at that event and the guy who got up and, and challenged him to bubble hockey and how he's like, yeah, we're going to fly you out there. I'm like, well, I think the whole crowd is just like, that's awesome. Like, that's super cool. I had no idea. Just so you guys know, I had no idea of this until we just started talking probably 20 minutes, 20 minutes ago, if that, like, and that's why I'm just so grateful you shared that. Now you did say something there, Jared, that I, I, uh, I want you to elaborate on, you said he gave you permission to kind of pursue what you enjoy doing. Was that the stop motion animation stuff that you're referring to? Yeah. I mean, I had kind of played around, like I had already always been kind of a kid interested in art. 
Um, I remember even when I went to, to college, that was what I majored in my freshman year was art because I was like, this is what I like to do. Um, and I remember my dad telling me, he's like, the only artists that make money are dead artists. That's the only time that they'll make money. This was before social media. Like I'm, I'm, I'm older, I'm 42 now. And so this, I mean, back then that was pretty much true. Like it was really hard to make money as an artist. Um, but now that social media is here, it kind of changed the game, but like listening to Gary. So I switched my major. I switched it to like a business management major, which was useless to me. I mean, I guess I learned some skills, but I'm like, I don't care about accounting. Like, what am I doing in this class? Like, I'd rather be doing something creative that I like to do. Um, so for years, I just kind of, you know, got a regular job and, and did whatever I was supposed to do and thought that this was what was going to, you know, get me the little white picket fence in a house. And, and it wasn't. And so finally, um, I, I started kind of dabbling in it and, and I thought, I think the unlock for me listening to Gary, I don't know how, I think I stumbled across him through Casey Neistat. Um, I watched his vlogs all the time and he kind of introduced me to Gary and, and I was just hooked like right away. He's kind of like in your face and swears like a sailor, but I mean, I didn't really care about any of that. I, he, he, for some reason he spoke to me. And so, um, you know, he just kind of always preaches that like do what you love um, and figure out a way to make it, from your side hustle to your regular job. And, and that's, I had some stuff that kind of blew up on the internet. And I remember reaching out to him when it happened and he was like, okay, now do this. This was before he was like really, really big, but he's like, okay, write a medium post. And he's like, you should do this. And I didn't do any of the things that he told me to do. I was just like a uh, sports center wants to interview me. Like, I don't know what to do here. Like this, it was just crazy. It all happens really fast. Um, but listening to him, that was the permission that I needed. Had I listened to my dad, I would probably have my own business as like a window washer or something, you know, like doing something that I absolutely hated, but was making decent money. But now like I get to make art stuff around sports and like just kind of the opportunity, like getting to go and hang out with like your, your idol basically um, was just crazy to me. Like I was, I when even when I was there, I was like, I can't believe that I'm here. And like when we were playing, I was down like three, nothing, like right away. I'd like scored on myself twice, which I like I never do, but I was so nervous. But then I kind of, kind of got in a groove and started to come back and I ended up losing by a goal. Um, but he, I could tell he started getting nervous and then he's like, Oh, maybe I'll come back and play a little bit. He's like, you deserve a rematch. But then he never came back because he was scared. <laughs> I love it, man. And you know, it's so, it's inspiring to hear someone like yourself who just kind of like went with their passion. You, you heard this advice from a well-known entrepreneur, uh, very prestigious individual who's, yeah, re really well-known in the entrepreneurial space. And you took it and you, you know, you implemented this, you kind of ran with your passion. Now, obviously a lot of your, your stop motion animation, just so the audience knows, I want you guys to go follow Gold Yeller on Instagram right now. He's also got uh, YouTube. Like I want you guys to go check this out because you've got Legos, which for me, I am so impatient with, and I've watched some of your like clips of you like putting stuff together. We're going to get into that in a second. I have no idea how you have the patience for that. It is so meticulous in my opinion, like to, to like put stuff together, but you recreate sports situations. Like you, you, you put courts together, you recreate sports moments. Um, what was the passion with sports and when did that happen? Did you have a passion for sports your whole life uh, that kind of drove you into this to kind of combine the arts and sports together? Yeah, I played hockey growing up. Um, I grew up in, in Calgary, Alberta. And uh, so I played hockey 
hockey until I was like maybe 11. And then hockey be started becoming too expensive. I think my dad lost his job and they were just kind of like, uh, can you not play hockey anymore? How about we put you in basketball? And I was like, well, why can't I do both? Um, but and anyways, I ended up playing basketball for like for, for all of junior high and, and high school. And and I fell in love with that game, too. But I, I mean, I've always loved sports, any kind of sport I, I love to play. And then the the Lego side of it, I, I, I made some Breaking Bad videos out of Lego just because I, I, I've always been fascinated by stop motion. And so I, I was like, well, I think I could figure this out. And so like I just started playing around with some stuff on my phone and, and started doing what was sort of stop motion. And then I posted a couple of them on my Instagram and a couple of actors from the show found them and they were like, you have to keep doing these. Um, so I did. And then once that show ended, I switched to sports and golf was specifically what I had chosen. I did a video for a Boise State golfer, Graham Dillette, who's also Canadian. And I just tweeted it at him, you know, I just kind of made it for fun. Tweeted at him, at him and his caddy. And then he ended up retweeting it like a few hours later. And, and then I all of a sudden I was like, whoa, all this attention's flowing at me because he had I don't know, he had like 150,000 followers on Twitter or something. So I'd never seen that kind of attention before. So I was like, I'm on to something here. And so the next week I made a Tiger Woods at the Masters on 16 when the ball just kind of rolls down the hill and, and finally drops in the hole. And that video just went crazy viral. Next thing I knew, like Pinehurst Resort reached out, like Big Ten Network, um, Bleacher Report was wanting me to do like NBA final stuff and it all just came at me like a whirlwind I think I think it had been shared on like uh, on ESPN's um, Instagram or something and so everybody started hitting me up in the DMs on Instagram I didn't even know what a DM was before <laughs> that blew up for me but that was kind of what got me into sports and then from there I just kind of did that on the side while I had my regular job as a as a marketing director here in for a lumber supply company here in town. Um, and, and so I was trying to do that. I was making like a, a video a week for like the big 10 network. Um, and, and then I remember making the um, NBA finals and it was just like super stressful. I wasn't sleeping. It wasn't healthy for me, but I tried doing that for like a year on the side. And then it got to the point where like, I think the golf channel reached out and it was enough money that I could make that leap. It was going to be tight. But I was like, I, I remember talking to my wife. I'm like, if I don't do this now, I'll always look back with regret. And that was one of the things also that specific to Gary is, you know, not living with the fear of having regret. Like he, he says, go spend some time in an old folks home. And if you see regret in those people's eyes, like it's, it's not a good thing. And so I, I didn't want to be in an old folks home in 40 years from now and, and, look back with regret where I'm like, oh, remember when this stuff blew up for me? And then I just kept plugging away as a marketing director for a lumber supply company. Like as, as much as I liked what I did, like I was able to do creative things. Like it wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it. You know, it was just a job. And so my boss was super cool about it. He was super supportive. And, and I mean, he kind of knew that I had talent and that I wouldn't be there forever. And, and so he was sad to see me go, but, um, I didn't think that it would turn into something that like, I thought maybe I was like, I'm going to try and jump into this and maybe it'll go for like six months. If it doesn't work out, I can always go back and get my regular day job. Um, but now I'm like three years into it and it, 
stuff just like bigger stuff just keeps coming. I just did some stuff for Jordan Spieth at the at the Travelers, and and then the PGA. It was for the PGA Tour, and then they like showed it to him. And then next thing I know, like on Sunday on CBS, they're showing my video and Jordan Spieth's reaction to it like on national TV. And I'm like, this is so crazy. Like every time something like that happens, it's it's just I'm just super grateful for it. And and that's a big reason why I'm so grateful for Gary and just such a, he's, he's been such an inspiration to me. And, and that's kind of that permission where he, I, you know, if I would have talked to my dad and said, Hey dad, I actually, I remember talking to my dad and he's like, it's too bad. You can't monetize this when it had first blown up. And I was like, dad, they just interviewed me in Australia, like on a golf channel in Australia. I'm like, how can I not monetize this? Like I, I'll figure out a way that I can monetize this. But I'm like, that's not, I don't care how much money I make doing it. I'm like, I love doing this. If I can make enough money to support a family doing this, like I win. You know what I mean? Even if we don't live in like a most, a, a super luxurious house and drive a fancy car, I'm like, I don't care. I get to do what I love. I get to get up on my terms. And I mean, it's just, I, I, I feel so lucky every day that I get to just do what I want to do do and if it's something that I decide I want to do then I can do it you know totally I think it's super inspiring as someone who's also a content creator myself like it's one of those battles that I have always kind of gone with in my head like you know I'd ultimately love to do this full-time it's it's one of those things that we all struggle with trying to like get a full-time living even regardless of what that means you know for some people it might be different than others but like that's so inspiring that you're able to like you you went in and you 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 shoot for your passions and your dreams and you're doing some amazing work. You mentioned the Jordan speed thing. Let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I just saw that posted on, uh, on, on the social feeds, man. Talk to us about that whole thing. Like from my perspective is like you make, you recreate these awesome scenes with the, with the Legos. Again, guys, if you're listening to this right now, go to gold yeller at gold yeller on the social platforms, you'll see all of his videos and we'll, and we'll reference a few of these here. So I want you guys to be able to actually put, you know, the, the visual, the visualization of it all together when you guys go and watch these. So the Jordan speed thing, you're, you're watching a sporting event for me. I don't follow golf too closely. Um, I'm not sure how it all works, but like, do you, how long does it take you to put that together? Do you have to like watch that same scene over and over and over again? And then how long does it typically take you to make it? So the golf ones take a long time. Now that I've gotten better at what I do, like, and I have to like make sure all these little details are part of it. I would say that Jordan Spieth one probably took over a hundred hours to, to make that 30 second video. Um, but I mean, it's not all of them take that long. Like I, when I do like the basketball ones, like the Kawhi Leonard shot, against Philadelphia that took like about 50 hours and that was one when it happened where I was like oh I have to recreate that like even if I don't get paid for that I have to make that same with the Damian Lillard shot from the logo you know when that happened I was like I'm making that regardless of if anybody's paying me and those are usually the ones that blow up the most or ones that aren't like commissioned work but now it's to the point where I pretty much if I'm going to do something I'm probably getting commissioned to do it by whether it's the PGA tour, I, I did some stuff for NASCAR, um, tennis, us open. Like I've, I've just done some really worked with some amazing brands that people are just like, how do you get to work with these brands? And I'm like, I don't know. You just like put stuff out there and if you're good enough, they're going to see it and they're going to want to work with you. I guess I, I, I wish I knew the formula to it because I'd teach it and make money selling a, ebook or something you know right. and and make money in my sleep but uh i don't really know the formula i just i just kind of know what works for me and 
and, and what's gotten me to where I'm at today. Man, some of your work is just absolutely incredible, man. I'm talking like, obviously, 100 hours for the Jordan Speed thing, 50 hours for, for some of the basketball stuff. He, you referenced the Kawhi Leonard shot. Guys, like, I'm telling you, it's, it's unbelievable to me. I, I saw the Kawhi Leonard shot. I think it's crazy. You did the, like, the Mike Leach press conference one. Uh, you've done some NASCAR stuff, some tennis stuff. You're recreating these scenes. Like, to me, I got a question for you then. When you're putting this together, do you have all the Lego sets that you need to recreate these? And like, do you have to make the field and all that stuff? Or do you get those sent to you like specifically, like if it's an Auburn field or if it's a, it's a Fiesta Bowl field, is it already pre-made for you? Or do you have to actually make the field too? I have to make it. So when I did this stuff with the Big Ten Network, I worked with a company called Oyo Sports, which is kind of a knockoff of Lego. Um, and they would send me stuff that was like like they'd have the fields like a Michigan State field or whatever but they were smaller fields and they were way harder to work with as far as stop motion goes so now like I, I just make the fields like oh here I'll show you the I still have some of the Jordan Spieth stuff up right here I'm, I've just started taking it down right. um, but it like it's taken up so much space and it, it's I'm just kind of tucked in a little closet here in like a co-working space um, as my studio because I can black out the room and, and use consistent lighting. And that's what I need. Um, but for like probably two years, I was doing this like in the corner of our living room and I would just have to wait until it was nighttime so I could film so that I wouldn't get flicker in the videos. And I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but yeah. Um, I forgot, I forgot what the original. Well, I was just was. talking about the, you answered it for me about the, uh, the fields themselves. Like if you have to put them together, oh, and yeah. it's like all of it, like it, I mean, like I said, it, it seems super, super meticulous. I was watching the, for example, for all of you guys who are listening, the Fiesta Bowl between uh, Boise State and Oklahoma. I referenced this a little bit earlier. You recreated that whole scene, the Statue of Liberty play, this, that. Um, I was actually at that game, so it's a really cool experience for me to see it recreated in, in a Lego animation. You have numbers on the players, and, you know, my question is when I've watched the videos of you actually, like, putting it together – do you have to like move one thing at a time and take a picture? How does the whole process work after you've got the field set up and you've, you've lined them up? Like when you start moving them, what's the process? Yeah. The, the football ones, they take so long. Cause there's, you know, there's 22 guys on the field and then you have to worry about the crowd and, um, and the coaches on the sideline. So there's a lot going into it. And you talked about patience and I'm not a very patient person either like Surprising. I don't people always ask you they're like how do you have the patience I could never do this and I'm like it's actually somewhat therapeutic for me like I'm actually super ADD and just all over the place I mean you can tell just by looking at my studio that you know it's everything's everywhere and like I don't even know how I function in it but I mean that's it's it, it really is it's like a therapy for me that hyper focus mode that I go into it's it's I've never been to therapy, but I'm assuming that this is what it would be like if I went and saw a therapist. Maybe I should go to therapy, but this is kind of my therapy that that I just kind of hunker down and um I mean you can't move around a lot. There's but there, there's yeah, there's so much that go into those football ones where you're just you're basically just moving. I, I have my Boise State one right here, actually. I was just playing around with that. So I've got one of the players, and you're basically just moving them each frame. For like four or five hundred frames and every player that's on there I, I do some like if you really want to see it you go and watch stuff on Instagram I've started doing more behind the scenes stuff but yeah it's just you move the guy a little bit each frame the golf ones you have to like pop their arms out of socket and like use putty 
to make it kind of look like they're swinging. So, I mean, there's constraints with Lego, but um, I, I actually really like those constraints because it's, it, it makes you be more creative and you're like, how am I going to do this? Um, like even having like the ball hang in the air, like I have to pull out a gray hair and just kind of fashion. You, you can see it. Like if you go look at the Jordan Speed one, I did one, I posted one that had the behind the scenes and then PGA Tour like posted it on like their Instagram and TikTok with like all three of them together. And it looks really cool. But I mean, that kind of shows you like what goes into it. And a lot of people just think they're like, what is a CGI or something? How's this guy doing this? But then with the behind the scenes, it gives people even a, a greater appreciation for like what goes into it. And, and that's kind of been what's, what's set me apart from the rest, I think. Totally, dude. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I am thrown off completely, like just blown away just how, how much detail goes into just watching your behind the scenes stuff. That's what got me. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, the finished product looks cool. There's so much in there. Now you mentioned like 500 frames, 400 frames. Um, is that typical for about a, a 30 second video, uh, about 500 frames. And when you say frames, is that just like clicking the camera 500 yeah, times? So, so typically like, um, a frame rate is like 24 frames per second. Like if you're watching a, a movie, it's, it's probably going to be around 24 frames per second. That's kind of how the eye works. Um, I'll shoot sometimes 12 frames per second or even eight frames per second. Like if I'm doing a football one, it's probably eight frames per second just because there's so many people in it. And if I did it at 12 frames per second, it would take like three times as long. So I, I change up the frame rate and I kind of go with whatever works for me. I, I'm not classically trained at this. Like I, I just kind of hacked it together and like if you look at some of my early stuff it was really bad like it was it was terrible the fact that like Daniel Moncada from from Breaking Bad and and his cousin were just like sharing it on their accounts and being like dude you have to keep doing these like had they not done that I probably wouldn't be doing this for a living to be honest like I don't think it would have given me that um, confidence to go forward because they really weren't that good like even the Tiger Woods one that like it's probably one of my most viral videos to date. Like I look back on that and it's cringy. I'm like, this is really bad. Like I want to redo that. So I may redo that with the PGA Tour. I've I've done a lot of stuff with PGA Tour now and and I really like working with them and partnering with them. And so I may next time we do something, I may be like, hey, maybe we could recreate that Tiger one again, because most people don't know that that's even me that did that like it, it was all over the place but you know how people's attention spans yeah. are they, they're like you did that how many years ago five years ago yeah i don't remember that or they're like i vaguely remember that so i mean i don't really re expect people to remember that that was me but um but most people have seen some of my work somewhere because it's been all over the place like w as soon as espn shares stuff out i'm always like here we go like the <laughs> notifications are gonna go crazy I'm going to have to put my phone away for a little bit because I'm, it's, it's just overwhelming. Like if I want to get any work done, I have to, I mean, with that hyper-focus, you can't be looking at your phone the whole time. And it's, it's hard to manage social media um, and, and also be doing what I do. And so a lot of times I'll just like kind of turn my phone on airplane mode. And it's, it's actually helped a lot with me doing the behind the scenes now because I'll just film a time lapse on my phone. And so I can't look at my phone. And so it, ah, it forces yeah. me to do that. And, and it's, it's actually been kind of nice. And I don't know why I haven't been doing that all along. That's awesome, man. Like, it's just so cool. And you're just looking at the work. Like I've, I've got your Instagram page pulled up. I am, I know I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. Like I'm, I just, I think it's so amazing. 
you're uh you have one that got shared with the golden state warriors um on their actual page which is crazy i think it had over a million views on their page so like it's crazy how like popular the stuff is like is there a favorite one in your uh, let's say top three i know there's there's a lot but like what are your top three that you've created in this in this tenure that you've been doing this uh that you're the most proud of at this point i'm sure that's hard to say but what's your top three so that the Boise State one that you referred to, the Fiesta Bowl, living in Boise for the last 16 years, I'm, I mean, that's my team. So to be able to work with, with Boise State on something was, was kind of near and dear to me. So that's probably up there in, in my top three. I would say, honestly, the Jordan Spieth one that I just did, that was, that was one of my favorites. And I would say either the Tiger Woods hole-in-one or the Tiger Woods um, – president's cup where he does the little club twirl i didn't know how i was going to do that and so I, I i love how that one turned out those are i'd probably say those were top three i love doing the stuff with the golden state warriors like it, it actually afforded me the opportunity to go out and take my cousin to like game three of the nba finals and and both of us being from canada you know we we're kind of low-key cheering for the raptors but with golden state being the ones that invited us out there we kind of had to you know kind of act like we've been there before but it, it was just so cool to be able to go watch one of the last games played in oracle arena and then when toronto won that game everybody kind of congregated down all the canadians there was a ton of canadians there and they all just kind of met each other we just kind of gravitated towards each other and then started singing like oh canada down by like center court and then it was on sports center and like my buddies are like sending me like screen recordings of like the back of my head on sports center they're like dude that's you and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me. If I would have known the camera was on, I would have turned around. The the fact that that's – you kind of already kind of segued into another question I had for you on here, man, is the opportunities it's presented you by following your passion. I, I saw the NBA Finals. I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. The 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 thing is, is with content creators, some people um, – they're like, oh, do you want to get paid for it? What do you want? What do you want from this? What do you want from this? I'm, and I always tell them like, hey, if I even got a media pass, you know, if I get a media pass to go cover a game or cover Boise State or cover Ohio State, my my teams, you know, um, I would love that. Like that that enough would that would be enough for me if they covered me to go out and and do all these things. I saw that you. Um, I'm trying to think like the the main guy for the the, the Raptors. What was his name? It's a uh, oh, super fan. Yes. Yeah. You got to meet him and you created yeah. uh, a little Lego of him. What was that like? So, so, so uh, before I went there, I was just kind of like, I bet you nabs at this game. And I had made a little minifigure of him, I, like with the turban on, with the beard, with everything. And, it, and like his jersey, like the 95 nabs super fan. Um, and he's just kind of iconic in, in the Toronto Raptors family. And so when I saw him, I was like, dude, I have this minifigure with me I was like I'm gonna give this to him and it turned out to be like the jerseys that they were wearing and so I just went up to him and he was like a bigger celebrity than Beyonce and Jay-Z there like they were sitting courtside but everybody was like wanting a picture with like now probably because Jay-Z and Beyonce have like bodyguards where <laughs> yeah they're they're like untouchable you know they're sitting next to like the owner and um but yeah, everybody's coming up to him. And I was like, I just went up and I was like, hey, I made this for you. And he just thought that, that was super cool. And then we like took a picture together, but he was kind of like super celeb too. So I was like, it was like somebody else was waiting in line to come take a picture with him right after me. So I didn't really get to talk to him. Um, but yeah, it was cool making the little 
super fan and given that to him. That was I, hopefully it's something that he still has. I'm sure. I'm sure nobody else has given him a Lego minifigure of him. So I'm sure that was something that's that's always stuck out. If I ever see him again, I'll be like, yeah, I'm the guy that met you at the NBA Finals. Um, I was kind of hoping Drake would be there, but uh, he wasn't. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a bummer. But that's so cool. You got to be there. That's such an awesome experience. Just for for one, just being there, and then two, you got to meet him and, and present him with a gift. And it's something that's like iconic to you it's like unique to yourself and your skill set now as i went through some of your work Jared, i i was looking at uh the sports you've covered do you have an interest in potentially covering you know like maybe mixed martial arts with the ufc or anything of, of recreating those types of events i'm not sure i saw some boxing ones if i'm not mistaken but what about like ufc have you ever done any mma stuff i haven't done any mma stuff um yet but i did make um the octagon out of Lego just just to see if I could do it because I'm like eventually they're probably going to reach out to me and want me to do something with them um that's definitely something that I would like to do I, I really like watching MMA and, and our mutual friend Matt is usually who I'll go watch fights with um I yeah I love doing stuff I would love to do stuff with the MMA um there's there's not really anybody besides them that I haven't worked with that I've wanted to. I'm, I might be doing some NHL stuff here, which is pretty exciting for me, but I've done like, NA, I did some stuff with the NHL network before. So I've done NHL things before, but I always like those new kind of challenges. So like something like MMA would be, would be awesome. Uh, like WWE would be cool as well, but I'm more of a, like an old school WWF type uh, guy, yeah. just cause that's what I grew up watching. I, I don't watch WWE. So I don't know how excited I would be about that. They actually reached out maybe a year or two ago, but it, nothing ever came to fruition. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think MMA would be awesome to do. I would love, and like you said, like I would probably do something like that just so that I could go be there like ringside at, at one of the fights, you know, if it was like Conor McGregor versus like Magnermanoff or what, however you pronounce his last name, Khabib. <laughs> Um, like round two of that super fight would be amazing. I know Connor's retired, but he's retired like three times. So yeah, that fight retired. ever, right? <laughs> he's, he, he's, he probably just wants attention. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to retire again. And, and then people will start talking well, just like this, MJ with his documentary. He's like, ah, everybody's talking about LeBron. Um, I want to sell some more shoes. Maybe I'll uh, put out this documentary. Like MJ doesn't care. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't need to do that, but it's, he's like, I want people to talk about me again. Well, maybe you'll be the one that gives uh, Connor the the uh, exposure that he's wanting right now. Maybe you can make some. Dude, Fight Island is coming up. They're 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 fighting out at Fight Island. Maybe you can make a another little recreation of Fight Island since it's gonna be the first one. The July 11th card is stacked. Every like, yeah, dude. I would love if they ever reach out. I would say yes for sure. I actually had a company in uh, the UK reach out around the Wilder fight. The last Ooh. one just happened, and uh, we. I mean. I think there was time constraints where I was like, ah, yeah, I can't get that done. Or maybe they, maybe they weren't willing to pay what I, like what I charge now. It was, I think it was something along those lines, but um, I would have done that, you know, for, I, I told them, I, sometimes I'll do that. If it's something that I want to go be at, like I'll charge less if you're going to fly me out and I'm sitting ringside, even with like the U S open, like um, I wasn't a big tennis fan, but my mom is a huge tennis fan. Like she records the matches and like watches the entire thing. Like she's that big of a fan. And so when they reached out, I was like, 
is there any way that I can bring my mom to the U.S. Open with me? And so, and they're like, yeah, absolutely. So I had like all access at the U.S. Open. Like I remember after Bianca Andrescu won the U.S. Open, a Canadian, again, I must be the good luck charm for these Canadian <laughs> teams winning. Um, but it, even though she's not a team, I remember we, we went to like this area. I, I had made some friends with some guys from South, South America because um, I speak Spanish. And so we kind of became buddies and they were kind of in the foyer like players area afterwards. And so we were just hanging out. And then I see a dog. And this lady who has a dog, like back in the players area, and I was like, oh, that's a cute dog. So I went up and was like just talking to her and petting the dog. I had no idea that it was Bianca's mom. And I'm like playing with that dog. And I think she was getting interviewed by somebody like ESPN or something, because the girl that was there was kind of looking at me like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you need to be a little more self-aware. Like she gave me one of those yeah. looks and I was like, oh, okay. So then I went and sat back with my buddies. And then the dog followed me. And so I'm just like, had I known that that was Bianca's dog, I would have been like, I probably would have waited around and like actually waited till Bianca came out because she came out probably like 10 minutes after I left, after she had just won the US Open. And I was like, this, that was crazy. And then same thing happened with Nadal when he won. I'm like sitting in this area, all of a sudden they come out and they're like popping champagne. And I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be back here. Like, I don't, like I was just charging my phone in this, in this place. And then all of a sudden I'm like, that's the guy who just won the U S open. Like, this is crazy. So like, it, that would be cooler if I was like more of a tennis fan, but for like, if my mom would have been able to see that she had already gone to like some Broadway play with my sisters. So she wasn't able to be there for that. But um, she, she was just like in heaven that she got to come to the U S open. She'd never been to anything like that before. And so getting to take my mom to do something like that, that was cooler than, than me actually going to it and hanging out in New York and getting to see Gary again and, and hang out with kind of his crew. Um, that, I mean, that was cool too, but like to, to just see the look on my mom's face when, when we're just hanging out watching like Serena Williams play in the, in like the finals of the U S open. that's like her favorite player. That was my favorite player too, until Bianca came on the scene and I was like, well, I got to cheer for the Canadian, you know, my mom's yeah, American, so she can cheer for the American one. But I was like, I kind of have to cheer for the Canadian. For sure. And I, and I wanted to. And then when she won, I remember same thing. Like everybody broke out into O Canada when she was getting like her sports center interview. And I was like, here we go again. This is like the Raptors all over. And, and every time I get goosebumps, every time we like break out into O Canada, I'm just like, oh, this is so awesome. But yeah, it's just, it's just been crazy. Like the things, the opportunities that have come from it are it's stuff that I never would have dreamed of. Well, dude, here's the deal. Like, I'm just like, you are living a life that I, I would love to live. Just have these opportunities. And I think it's so cool. I'm happy for you just hearing those. I'm like, that is awesome. These opportunities, it'd be the same for me. Like, I don't follow golf that closely or tennis or any of those, but I would be happy. Like, you understand the, the history of the sport. You understand the importance of it, like how popular it is. Like, that'd be a super cool opportunity to take advantage of. I think that's so cool. So that's like what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, if I got an offer to go, you know, cover one of these things or just be there because of something I've done with the show, then that'd be super, super cool. Like I, I would be like a kid in a candy store. Like I said before, like, it's awesome. And you know, here's the deal. Like you gotta, you gotta promise me something. If, if Tyson Fury ever offers like his, his, if his crew ever offers you something that's worth it for you, just throw my name out there. Cause he's my favorite fighter in the world. So Tyson, are you a big boxing fan? Um, I, I boxed for three years and, and I'm a, a massive like mixed martial arts and boxing fan. So I'm a huge Tyson Fury fan. I love Ryan Garcia as well, but Fury's my favorite fighter of this, this generation, this era. 
I mean, I really wanted to do that one. I, that was something. It wasn't his team that reached out. It was like one of the, I don't know, like basically the HBO of the UK, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. It, was, it wasn't somebody I was familiar with, but they, you know, they have a huge following on social. And I was like, oh, these guys are legit. Um, maybe we could do something. And, I, and I've always wanted to do a boxing one. Like I have the little Lego boxing like gloves and, and things like that. And, and, and it would be cool to customize something like that. But um, I think I'd be more into MMA than I would be boxing. Totally. I mean, I'd do either, but if it, like, if it got me to the next Tyson Fury fight, like that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be super cool. I'd be super jealous, but you just got, maybe just throw my name out there. If you ever get an opportunity, cause I, the Tyson Fury stuff is amazing, but it's so cool, man. Like I, I can't wait to see what you come up with now. I just got to ask you, Jared is, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you'd like to add or you'd like to add to the, the conversation? Cause obviously we don't have, like, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about your field, but like, you know, is there anything that I didn't ask that uh, you'd like to expand upon? No, I mean, I, I think it was good. I think I, I, I mean, I admire what you're doing. I think it's cool that you have a podcast and, and that you're, you're passionate about sports. And, and I think it's going to afford you. It probably already has. You probably had opportunities where you're like, how am I talking to that? I don't know if like, I haven't really listened to any of them. So I don't really know who you've even had on the show, but like, it, it just kind of keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you're like, wow, I can't believe this is my life. Like, I can't believe I'm actually talking to Michael Jordan or, or Tyson Fury or whoever, you know what I mean? Um, I just, I think it's cool that you, that you're doing what you're doing. And I think um, like, if you're a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, like I am, like you, sometimes you need that permission. Like people are probably like, dude, you live in Boise, Idaho and you have a sports podcast. Like, why does anybody care what you have to say? But people do, people care what you have to say. And, and you have a medium to kind of reach people and, and tell other people's stories. And I mean, storytelling is probably the biggest part of it, but I, I mean, I don't think we really, it wasn't, I mean, there's, like you said, we could talk forever. Like sometimes I get tired of talking about myself and especially when I'm like answering the same questions that I've answered over and over, but you are obviously did your homework. And like, I, I love those types of interviews where, where the person actually kind of knows what the, what the deal is before they get on. Cause sometimes you'll get on and do these podcasts and you're like, these guys have no idea who I am. Like, and, and like, they're just asking me questions. Like you could have watched my sports center interview and, and, and answered all of those questions and then not had to, you know what I mean? Like, totally. It's, it's cool that you do, that you put in the work that you kind of do like the, the research on, on getting to know the person before you have them on. I, I mean, I kind of feel bad that I didn't do the research before this interview because I was like, I, you know, just because you came recommended by a friend, I was like, yeah, you're cool by association. If you, <laughs> if you're buddies with Matt, you know, cause he's a, he's a good buddy of mine. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do that. But I mean, I had no idea. Like I I'll, I'll have to go and listen to some of your stuff. Have you had anybody cool on that? You're like, oh, I can't believe I had to talk to that person. Man, when you were talking about it right there, I, I, I went through in my head just a few things. Like, I mean, I've talked to, like, I mean, my, my idol was Roberto Bergerson, and he was a basketball player here at Boise State, which might not seem like a huge name to anybody, but that was one of them. Bruce Buffer from the UFC, I had him on here. He's the, oh, that's the cool. Got to interview him. Walter Bond, got to interview him. A guy who's Russell Wilson's uh, mental consultant. His name's Trevor Moad. Just interviewed him. Uh, Randy Livingston, former NBA basketball player. Jerry Stackhouse was in the NBA. I've interviewed him. Yeah, I know yes. Jerry. I've, I mean, I think I have a mini figure of Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> Jerry's the man. I just had him on the show two weeks ago. So he he was really cool. Like, I, I mean, when I when you were saying that, I'm like, you know what? Like, this platform in the last three years for me, when I started it January 2017, it's really it really has provided some 
really cool opportunities for me. So, and then I got you on here first time, like having someone like yourself on here, which I honestly believe is one of the coolest things. I've never had a, a guest with a skill set like yours. So like all these things are just super, super cool, man. So uh, well, it's and just, it's, and it's something like we live in the same town, so we'll probably become friends after this and like actually get to hang out. And then if, you know, if the Wilder thing ever Tyson Fury Wilder round three ever does happen, <laughs> I might need somebody to go with me. You know, maybe I'll ask for a plus one. There we go. Hey, I'm just throwing my name out there. Don't feel any pressure, but man, that'd be super cool. And guys, again, at Gold Yeller. Now, are you on all social media platforms? I, I know I follow you on YouTube and on Instagram. Uh, what about Twitter, Facebook? What, what's what's all the platforms? Yeah, I don't do I don't do a ton on Twitter. It's it's pretty like I think the only reason I got on Twitter was because I knew Graham Dillette was on Twitter. Uh -huh. and so I was like, well, I'll have to tweet it at him. But I didn't really know how to work Twitter. Instagram is one of the places that I'm active quite a bit. But TikTok has actually been something that's just like I've just gotten into it over the last two months. And I, I think I'm up to like 60,000 followers on TikTok, just like that. And it's just growing like crazy. So, that, I mean, that's a place where I was like, I'd never thought I would be on TikTok you know, well, but that's, that's, that's a Gary Vaynerchuk thing. You know, he's like, get on TikTok. And so I was like, finally, I'm like, okay, I'll get on TikTok. And, and at first I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And then I kind of just stopped overthinking it. And, and it started to, to take off for me. I mean, 60,000 followers on TikTok isn't like huge, but oh, it me, is. that's pretty big. That's a, that's a massive following. I'm not a huge TikTok. I just barely got on there, like started trying to be more active on it. But like, I, I only got like 40 something plus. Like I don't, I'm not as active as I should be. I was going to say though, your content, I just found you on TikTok as we're talking right now. I just found, I'm like, your content is perfect for the TikTok generation. I think this is so cool because you got a massive following, like really solid following on Instagram. And I was going to say TikTok would be the next place to go. And you obviously have taken advantage of that. That's awesome, man. It, it, I'm going to be following you here. Don't judge me for my lack of TikTok skill, but I will be following you because this is I'll teach incredible. you. I'll teach you what you need to know. You could you could use TikTok for what you're doing. Um, I think you might you need could, to talk could, about it then. <laughs> you could clip some things, and I think you could, I think you could stand out on TikTok, and you don't have to dance. You don't, <laughs> That's you don't the one thing to, I don't want to dance. Yeah, you don't have to put on a bikini and dance, and you don't have to do any of that. You can you could stand out on TikTok and not have to. I mean, I've I've never done a dance on TikTok before. And like, and it's and you just got your exploding 000. for me. Oh, that's so cool. Good for you, man. I'm going to, I'm going to be following you here too. So guys, I'm going to post the links in the description here, especially for Instagram and TikTok, but it's at gold yeller, gold yeller. It's all the same. I'll put the link here in the description so y'all can hear it and, and go follow him on his social platforms. You're not going to want to miss what he's got coming on. It's like all these cool videos. You'll find yourself scrolling through these and you're, you know, you'll be at work going through your social media feed 30 minutes later. You're like, Oh, I was pretty unproductive for the last 30 minutes, but you feel like you're <laughs> pretty accomplished so again jared i appreciate you joining the show i just really appreciate you sharing your story with us and hopefully we can connect later man yeah thanks for having me on absolutely and for everybody out there listening make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast leave me a five-star review on itunes and uh you guys know the drill we'll be back every single week with more content follow me on my social media platforms and uh, i'll talk to you next week Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.